Hey family, welcome to the Recalibrate podcast. It's your host Esther Glory and this is a new episode. Hi guys and welcome to this week's episode where we will be talking about times of refreshing. We will be having a conversation that I hope is replenishing and refreshing to your spirit and to your faith. Um, But we'll be talking about watering your faith, um, gardening your faith almost, keeping watch over your faith um, in a way that gives you ownership, but has um, understanding that the spirit of God can and will breathe upon your faith and that there are times of refreshing um, that come from the presence of the Lord. So we are going to have that conversation today. And I am so excited um, to be having this conversation. This is something I've not only needed at some point in my life, but continuously need so that I do not become exhausted or burnt out in this journey of faith. And so, um, yeah, let's dive right in. We're going to start off with the random musing of my heart for this week's episode. The random musing of my heart for this week's episode is to keep promises and vows to God and to yourself. Keep promises and vows that you make to God and to yourself. Um, Now, you know, these are based on things that I am thinking about or trying to master or develop throughout the week that I share with you. Um, And I think that this week I I have had to make vows and promises to myself, but not only to myself, I've had to make them to God. I think one of the things that we can underestimate um, about our relationship with God is that as we are in this journey of finding ourselves in him, finding our identity, our purpose, our why, all of these words that we use, right? I think one of the things that we don't realize is as we are in that journey of discovering ourselves, we are also discovering more about God. And so even as we come to conclusions and we build perspectives and we have lenses that we live through right when we make vows to ourselves we are um indirectly also making vows to God because everything that we uh, enact between ourselves spirit soul and body also involves our relationship with God as his children right Um, and I'll give an example so this is not all cryptic and vague so for example one of the promises that I have made myself one of the vows that I have made myself this year is that I will remain present in my story and be the main character in it Um, I think for a long time I had been used to a life or portions of life where someone else or something else was always a priority, always came first. So um, the ministry came first or the the romantic relationship came first or um, other people, friends came first or uh, um, or whatever task was set in front of us was what came first right um and I didn't and this also enabled things like performance-based mindsets people pleasing perfectionism all things that don't glorify God in in my identity in him right and so on this journey of developing and becoming who I am now and also developing into the woman I will continue to become um And in essence, into the image of Jesus Christ, I've had to make promises to myself such as not ones to be selfish, um, but in being selfless, in being sacrificial, I believe a gift that I have been given is generosity Um, in being a generous person, in being able to show up and be reliable and be there and be present in everyone else's stories in the moments that matter the most. I realized that I hadn't been that present in my own story and for myself. And so one of the things that um, this year um, I've been practicing quite a bit in the last couple of years but most especially this year one of the things that I've been very keen on doing is showing up in my story so in monumental moments when things happen um, in my life and story and even in the day-to-day I want to be present and remember these moments I want to have memories I don't just want to have dark blocks of time where I can't remember anything from because I was in everyone else's story and people will say to me yeah this thing was going on in my life and you literally said to me this or you said to me that Um, and for the life of me I can't remember they're just gaps in history and time in my mind but it was because I was kind of just existing and coasting through I wasn't necessarily being present and showing up as Esther Glory in that situation or in that person's life or in that scenario a lot of the times I'm on autopilot autopilot or if I'm showing up I'm showing up at a level of burnout that was very unhealthy um 
and there's very few people that I've shown up in their story as myself consistently and have been given room to not necessarily because everyone I know is bad not not at all Um, that would be a very immature and childish thing for me to say Um, but it's because there were parts of me that weren't trusting enough to open up to that in that capacity or to show up in their stories in that capacity in multiple different ways and also um, differences in personality and the way we handle things and so they also couldn't make room for certain parts of my identity which is fine Um, it's just growing into an understanding of how I show up in certain environments and I think that one thing I've promised myself today uh, not today this year especially is in every moment in every story in every uh, event in every scenario you will show up as who God created you to be in that moment and you will be present in your story um, the same way you are present in other people's stories right love your neighbor as yourself right that kind of principle um, and so I've been keeping that promise but let's go back to the, the 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 crux of the random musing right as I've been making this promise to myself I have been so much more present in my story and I have been able to not only show up for myself and show up um, to become a better version of myself right but I've also been showing up in my relationship with God in a way that I haven't been able to in years past because Um, I'm realizing so much more and as I'm becoming self-aware about certain things and as I am noticing for example um, where my devotion hasn't always been um, listen I'm the babe get up at 5 a.m and do devotion and some days that's hard I'm not gonna lie to you some days that alarm goes off and I'm like please you are interrupting my good good sleep and I want to go back to sleep Um, and and sometimes I do sometimes I get up 15 minutes before I need to start getting ready for work and I'll literally read that quick you version and jump in the shower Um, I was even telling my sister there's been days this year where my devotion has literally been me in the shower praying and worshiping um, while I'm getting ready for work and then like jumping in and logging into work there's literally been no time to dive into study the way I've wanted to because my days are literally jam-packed from when I open my eyes to when I sleep right um but still that's no excuse I became self-aware um recently and I was like in my relationship with God I've not been pursuing the way I've desired to I've not been pursuing and I hate the the glory days of the past mentality so I'm always like yes there were days where I was up at 5 a.m for three years straight up at 5 a.m doing devotion um but I'm in a different season of my life and that isn't necessarily the thing that works best for me because of um the range of my capacities uh and uh responsibilities um for lack of better words so I think it's um really important that we are aware of ourselves and that we are keeping promises and vows to ourselves because as you begin to do these things you realize that this really does impact my relationship with God this realization about my my um, devotion um, this year and even um, end of last year as things began to pick up for me I realized that my devotion looks very different from what it looked like for the last maybe two three four years Um, but different doesn't mean worse it just means different and so because of that realization of okay being present in your story you miss when you had two to three hours in the morning where you could dive into the scriptures every single day or be able to worship or to pray or to intercede for these different burdens that you receive the season is different the season has shifted but you need to learn how to prioritize in a new season and make that look different um, to suit what God has placed in your capacity and care and your stewardship for now um, but this has impacted your relationship with God so how are you going to keep intimacy how are you going to keep cultivating intimacy with holy spirit and make new promises and vows to the lord because you've kept this promise and vow to yourself of being present in your story and knowing what's going on right um so i've gone on this long roundabout journey to circle down and round down to the fact that when we keep promises to ourselves when we keep vows to ourselves there is a portion of that that directly impacts our relationships with God and so when we um, keep vows to ourselves keep vows to uh, keep promises and vows to ourselves there are promises and vows that we are keeping to God as well and so it's really important that you do both and you you keep your promises directly to God but you have to remember to also keep promises to yourself as well because we place 
um we kind of sometimes can place this like oh my gosh I just really want to please God I really want to please God I really want to please God and God is like yes and look what I've placed in your care look what I've placed in your hands and that level of stewardship can also read is supposed to redirect us back to keeping our promises and vows to God and pleasing God right as well so um keep your promises to yourself they'll help you keep your promises to god um uh that's the random reasoning of my heart for this week's episode so let's dive in i said we we're going to be speaking about times of refreshing and now that's our title um but i really want to kind of give you this in a way that not only teaches you about the refreshing of the soul um through the power of faith but also refreshes your soul through the power of faith right um now, even as I've been doing this season of the podcast, I have been praying and interceding for each and every single one of you who listens or who's watching us on YouTube. Hey, um, that every place of faith that you are in, every every season, level, dimension, realm of faith that we are all in, that God would begin to uh, do a new thing in our faith to suit the next season, to suit the seasons we're in, the present ones that we're into, but to also suit the seasons that we're going into. Um, because I don't believe in seasons just being days and time periods that we can measure, but I mean seasons in terms of what God is doing, not in terms, I know it's a very Christian word that we use often um, when we don't know periods of time, but I, literally I'm talking about the plans and purposes of God and his timing. That's what I'm addressing when I say seasons um, and that that next phase or, or dimension of your life. I'm praying for your faith currently and your faith to come. Um, and so I, I hope and pray um, that you are all literally feeling the intercession and the pushing and the prayer of not just myself but this community of people who are growing um in our faith together so um yeah let's talk about it let's talk about what it means to be refreshed by faith let's let's talk about things that help us to be in a place of refreshing right um so one of the th first things that i wanted to um read out um it's i'm going to read the scripture and then i'm going to go to the principle and the message um, that I believe God gave to me when I was studying for this week's episode. Um, because I've really been feeling that there's been a need for a refreshing of our faith, um, that our spirit would like, I feel like we as a community, I, I feel like generally in the body of Christ with the things that are going on with consistent anxiety and the consistent uncertainty of the pandemic and people's day-to-day, because -day, real life was happening before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and even after the pandemic, real life will happen, right? And so I've really been praying that this consistent anxiety, consistent uncertainty, um, like I was even reading... Um, uh, an article today and it was talking about the fact that they want to start studying into something called pandemic brain um, literally because of the fact that consistent uncertainty can literally uh, impact the physical the like the the makeup of the brain um, in such a profound way and so they really want to study the effects of the pandemic on the brain whether people contracted the virus or not um, and so I've been thinking about it a lot and thinking about it especially um, in terms of what that looks like for our faith journeys, how our faith needs to be refreshed, right? So I've been thinking about the pandemic, I've been thinking about um, uh, people's real lives taking place, different uh, health and, and mind and money and legal, like all of the things that have impacted us in different ways throughout the pandemic, I've been thinking about that and also thinking about wars and rumors of wars, like it's all of these things, right? Um, and I've just been thinking about what that could potentially have done to the faith of the entire body of Christ um, and what we how we've all experienced this in very, very different ways. And so because of that, um, I became really burdened. I was praying for the church. Um, the universal body of Christ a lot recently and I think recently the the thing that's been coming up the most is is times of refreshing times of refreshing and so I'm going to share um what I believe are key principles um to help refresh renew revive our faith um and things that we can do in terms of stewardship to engage with that refreshing that I believe God wants to so pour out um in this time over his people so um 
I hope this helps. Grab a notepad, grab, grab a pen, take some notes um, and remember this, come back to this um, so that if there's ever a time where you feel like my faith needs refreshing, my spirit longs for um, that refreshing that can only come from God, my soul longs for that refreshing refreshing that can only come from the presence of God then tap into these very things and I pray um, even now that there would be a refreshing of you spirit soul and body and that the power and the zeal that comes from faith would be born in you in a whole new way in Jesus name amen let's dive right in with principle number one principle number one is something that can help to refresh the soul something that can help to refresh the spirit and refresh our faith is repentance it is repentance. Now, how do I know this? We're going to read um, from Acts, 9, Acts 3, 19 to 21, Acts 3, 19 to 21, and we're going to read it um, in the Amplified version because I've been really stuck into that um, recently. So um, I'll read it, read with me. If you're on YouTube and you see me looking down, it's because I'm reading it from my laptop. So please grab your Bible, grab your phone and just scroll to um, this scripture and let's read it together. Acts 3, 19 to 21. So repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins and return to God. Seek his purpose for your life so that your sins may be wiped away, blotted out and completely erased so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. Verse 20, and that he may send to you Jesus the Christ, who has been appointed for you, whom heaven must keep until the time for the complete restoration of all things, which God promised through the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. Now, these three scriptures will preach on their own. I don't even have to do too much. Like li literally these scriptures will, will preach on their own. But I really want to focus in on Acts 3 verse 19, where it speaks about repentance. And it speaks about the fact that as we repent, um, and it gave the definition for repentance or the context for which it used the word repent um, by saying, changing your inner self, your old way of thinking, regretting past sins and returning um, to God to seek his purpose for your life so that your sins may be wiped away or blotted out completely erased um, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day and I'll even correct myself I don't just think repentance is something that brings refreshing I think repentance and returning repentance and returning and I'll say it like this um, even because of this scripture I think repentance is to turn from right is to do a 180 sometimes people say 360 but the math isn't mathing um, <laughs> but yeah it's to do a 180 it's to turn from from the thing that does not glorify God turn from the thing that is not um, putting God as the center of your focus and it's turning to God right um, it's returning to God and putting your focus and your object of worship back on God the Father. And I think it's really important that it said that when we do this, then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord, because what we have to realize is that when we repent, and I'm not just talking about um, one level of sin, I think, and I don't even think there are levels of sins, like all uh, uh, or levels to sins, right? I think that sin is equal before God it's disobedience of the command or the 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 way of living that God has given to us through our being in Jesus Christ right and so I think it's really important that we look at sins in their vast in 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 how vast they are anything that is in disobedience to God right those are all sins and I think sometimes we class these certain sins um as um, the sin right that we you have to kind of repent for and cry at the altar for but I think it's really important that we are looking that at every level of sin every rate all the range of sin all the scope of sin and we realize that repenting is turning away from those things it's casting them before God and saying that these things have served me no purpose these things have been a part of my sin nature these things have been um, the things that have kept me flawed or bound these are things that give legal right and entry to the enemy in and out of my life and so it's really important to begin to say things like God I repent from this and I return to you um, I, I worship you I do not give my desires more power over me um, than, th than the desire to be led by the spirit of God Th this repenting and returning 
morning, as we return to God and as we begin to um, pour out ourselves, he gives mercy. He gives divine empowerment, grace. He also, there's also a refreshing that comes from just being free to be in the presence of God again. Because I think what we don't realize is that when we are in sin, it makes us run from God. When we allow sin to rule or to govern our lives, it, it moves us away from God. But when we repent and we return, it's almost like you've been connected back to a lifeline. And there's this refreshing, this outpouring of the spirit of God that comes through his mercy and through his grace and through faith and I think that what we don't realize is it takes faith to come back to God and to believe that he will answer to believe that he will um, respond to us to believe that he will show up to believe that he will give his mercy and his grace to believe that he will have his arms outstretched waiting for us to return to him I think it's really important that even the faith of the access that we now have to boldly approach his throne of grace and mercy I think it's really important that we don't neglect repentance like even um, a couple of weeks ago, um, there was a teaching at my church and there was a teach. it was a teaching about pride. And I remember all of that week having conversations about um, about this topic of pride. Right. And one of the things that I was saying to um, my pastor, I was saying that sometimes when we um, think about pride, we think about arrogance but we don't also realize how sometimes false humility, um, a victim mindset, um, or so, so for example, something can happen to you and the perspective that you build based on what happened can sometimes be like, oh, I really want to protect myself. I want to shield myself from this level of pain or discomfort again, right? Or injustice. Um, and the thing that happened to you was not your fault, but your responsibility is in the way you respond. And if you respond in a way that doesn't put... God at the center if you respond in a way that is not based on faith in Jesus Christ right then you are doing it from a place of pride you are allowing your human your human spirit and your soul to govern um what you what you do and to protect and to defend you in a way that doesn't glorify God then that is you're doing that from a spirit or a place of pride but because you're the victim right and I don't use this in a sarcastic or demeaning way, but I mean in terms of because that is questionable because God will work it out for your good and his glory, right? Um, so even when you are a victim of something, sometimes we think that we're justified to, from a place of pride, build these perspectives, from the human spirit, build um, these perspectives, which we aren't to do. We are still to respond and to lean in from a place of faith. And so... Um, as I was saying that to my pastor, like light bells went off in my head of places of pride that still may be untouched in my life because I didn't think I was wrong. Um, right. And so <laughs> wrong. Right. Um, and so I think it's really important, even from the things that are seemingly sin seemingly disobedient to God seemingly omitting God from the scenario right those are things that we should even repent and return to God from because sometimes we're holding on so strongly to our own self-defense mechanism that we are still not glorifying God we are still not turning to him we are still not placing our trust and our faith and our belief in him right and so I think it's really important on this journey of faith to repent and return so that times of refreshing can come from from the presence of the Lord. One of the things that blessed me during the pandemic and still does to this day um, was there was one day I was praying during the pandemic and every day began to look the same right and so I couldn't tell the difference between night and day and day and night. Um, everything was just kind of becoming repetitive and I remember one day waking up and I, I woke up from sleep. I was getting ready for my day and I remember I began to pray. Um, now I will not lie to you. I will be 110% honest and you lot might be more saved than me, but I, and and that's okay. I even met it. Um, but like I woke up and I was not in the mood. Listen to me. It was just not a day. It was not that day. I didn't wake up with a zeal to like push and shando and shanda. Like I didn't have it in me, right? And when I say that, I mean like speaking in tongues, but obviously I'm joking. Um, but yeah, like I didn't have um, the the push, the zeal to pray. And so I remember literally brushing my teeth that day. And I'm like, God, like, 
I love you, Jesus. You know, I love you. You're great. And da da da. And I remember jumping in the shower and like my prayer was so like indifferent. It was so apathetic, not on purpose. Your girl was just not in the mood. Um, and I remember as I began to like, I was, I was still in the shower and as I'm beginning to like pray, my heart is getting drunk in gratitude um, on the fact that God had kept me. Like, it wasn't even something deep and profound. It was just the fact that I was still here. Like I began to look back over the course of my life. And there were so many times I knocked on death's door. There were so many times um, I wasn't okay. There were so many times where life was lifing and I was struggling through it. There were so many times where depression once had a hold. There were so many things that had happened and I was just glad to have been kept by the power of God, by the grace of God to have been kept. And I remember my heart was literally, I don't know how else to explain it, but my heart was literally drunk on gratitude. And I remember in that moment, becoming so thankful to God. So, 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 so thankful. And as I began to thank him, he literally began to speak to me about where I was, how I was doing, what was happening in my soul, in my life, my realities. He began to give me words for the future and words of wisdom on how to navigate certain things that I was experiencing. Um, and to me, that was wild. And I remember, um, I think last year, um, around my birthday times, and I remember posting to Instagram and just being like, you know what, I'm so thankful that when we press in, God always, always, always shows up because that was a time of refreshing for me. But it took me continuing to push through and repenting from that indifference, repenting from that um, apathetic attitude to prayer and spending that time with God because that was a pivotal part of my journey during the pandemic but it took a repentance and a returning to God so that there could be that refreshing in that moment because the truth is um, about our faith that every time we press in God shows up whether we feel him whether we experience him whether we have a life-changing moment or we just feel the zeal to get through another day or another moment God will always show up when we press in and so it's really important that his presence becomes a lifeline to us I know um, there's a really famous song your presence is heaven to me and I think it's really important that the presence of God becomes a place of safety, becomes a place of refreshing, becomes a place that we push to get into because we know that there's healing, restoration, deliverance, salvation, forgiveness, grace, mercy, joy, peace, love, hope, righteousness, holiness. We know it's all in that place. I think it's really important that we are not treating the presence of God like, like it is something we only entreat to once a year. We have this tabernacle approach or mindset or old covenant mindset to approach the presence of God this is not something we entreat to once a year um, for the atonement of our sins we have been atoned by the blood of Jesus Christ and so the presence of God is a place that we live out from and we need to get into um, a I can feel myself even getting stirred now there, there's this hunger and thirst and fresh desire in me um, that I believe God wants us to press and push and get there because and not get there as in a destination, but get to him, no matter what we do, no matter how we feel, always pulling on the presence of God that even dwells inside us because we have the Holy Spirit. I think it's really important that the presence of God becomes a lifeline in these days, in these times. Um, there's no more sitting on the fence. There isn't room or time for it. It's not one leg in and one leg out. And I'm not just talking about because of sin. I'm talking about one leg in and one leg out in terms of belief. Is it every life event that occurs that you will question whether you believe God is true or not? Is it every life event that happens that you'll go running back into the, 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 the dark places that you've been in before? Is it every life event that you will, every, every negative thing that 
that happens or even because sometimes when negative things happen it tries to educate us about who God is and we run into the arms of false perspectives and delusions about God's true character and nature and sometimes when positive things happen we run into the pride of self because we believe that somehow some way we made this happen as if we are magicians as if we have um that creative power that God has to make something be that it is not and so I think it's really important that we as faith-filled believers do the work of repenting and returning at all times and making sure that our faith and our focus is on God because in that place there is refreshing and I cannot tell you enough how much God waits and longs to commune with us there and outside of that um, or taking that even a step further not only does he desire to communicate with us and to commune with us and to fellowship with us as it speaks about in revelations but he also wants um he wants there to be this um knowing of us that and us knowing him knowing us intimately and deeply and us knowing him intimately and deeply that takes place in the presence of God that refreshes us on a whole nother level a whole nother level because we are we are being with him we are being in him we are existing in him when we pursue his presence that way the presence that lives on the inside of us when we pull on it when we live from it um there's this there's this knowing of God there's this synergy with God and the spirit of God that happens that is so 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 powerful and that's how we can live out our true authority as believers and live out our true faith because we are able to say we are seated with Christ in heavenly places we we can say according to Colossians that we are complete in him we can say that everything that we are we are in Christ right And so I think it's really important that we principle number one is to repent and return so that there may be times of refreshing that come from the presence of God. Um, I think that's the most important thing. I think the second most important thing is a community that allows for the refreshing of your soul and the refreshing of your spirit and the refreshing of your faith. Um, I speak about community on here often because that's not something I was always good at stewarding, maintaining and keeping. Um, Not because of like wickedness or or being a bad person, but it was genuinely just because so much life had happened. And in all the life that I had experienced, people were the problem. (laughs) Um, Be it me, be it them, there was always a person who was a problem. Right. And so. in those scenarios and situations it can try and educate you and for the longest time it really did educate me that yeah people are the problem which was a very problematic mindset because even though people you may be hurt by people when God wants to heal he will send your healing and your deliverance and your restoration through a person when God wanted to restore us back to himself he sent his son when he wanted to build his church he sent his leaders he sent apostles prophets uh, pastors teachers evangelists he sent the whole lot right um and so it's really important that when we uh want to do anything when it comes to our faith we are important on placing a focus on our relationships and our community and one of the things that was really interesting to me in the scriptures it is there were several times in the new testament where apostle paul um mentioned where apostle paul mentioned refreshing and they were all centered around a company of people and so i thought that was really important that when it comes to our faith with all that apostle paul encountered in his ministry journey refreshing came not only from god and from the presence of god and from um the power of god and the holy spirit but refreshing came and he made a point to note this so that there was a principle we could draw on from what he was experiencing but um, refreshing came from community. Um, now, I think it's really important to have a community where the refreshing of God can be poured out to you by who is around you. I believe in the power of proximity. Um, I think that proximity is a very underrated principle, a very underrated message that we don't preach as much. It's important what you're next to. It's important what you're around. It's important what you stand in. It's important what you stand on. Proximity is important. 
important. And so it's really important that your community, not just who's around you physically, who has your ear. I, I think I spoke about this in um, season three of the podcast when we're talking about hearing God's voice, but who has your ear? Who Whose counsel do you listen to? Whose advice impacts, whose wisdom impacts your day-to-day living? Not only that, who has your ear in terms of who speaks to your spirit, to your soul, to your body, who speaks? Because when people speak, are they speaking and reiterating um, a message and, and the voice and the wisdom of God? Or are they reiterating things that don't allow you to grow in your faith and your capacity and your oneness with God? Refreshing can come from who you're around. Proximity is important. Um, and I'm going to read some certain scriptures um, that really sh- Uh, stuck out to me where Apostle Paul was speaking about this um, in different parts um, of the New Testament. And I'm also going to give one real life example for me um, where this happens, right? Um, And so let's start off with, where are we at? Uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 16 to 18. 1 Corinthians 16, 16 to 18. I'm still in the Amplified. We ain't going nowhere. Um, And I'm going to read it quickly. Um, verse 16 or I'll start from verse 15 actually um just because the amplified uh, continues on into uh, verse 16 so brothers and sisters you know that those of the household of Stephanus were the first converts in a in Achaia and that they have devoted themselves for ministry to God's people now I urge you verse 16 to be subject to such leaders treating them with courtesy and respect and to everyone who helps in the work and labors for the benefit of yourselves and the church. I rejoice because Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus have arrived, for they have made up for your absence. They have refreshed my spirit as well as yours, so fully acknowledge such men and deeply appreciate them. I don't think you heard me in the back with your tiger stripe t-shirt. Verse 18. They have refreshed my spirit as well as yours. So fully acknowledge such men and deeply appreciate them. Now, before you step on my next, when he says such men, he was talking about these these particular men who have um, who at the time have worked and labored and and been subject to and have dealt with things in a really faithful and consistent and great way right he's commending these people these men specifically he's commending them and he's saying acknowledge such people and deeply appreciate them now this is the principle for me he stated all of the things that he noted and found uh, noteworthy about these particular people and one of the things that he spoke about that should be deeply appreciated and that should be recognized and acknowledged in them was that they have refreshed his spirit as well as theirs so this is a body of believers he's speaking to and he's saying they have refreshed you and they have refreshed me even in your absence I've been refreshed but I've just being around them I think that's so important I think that And I've said this before on the podcast, sometimes when we talk about discipleship, we immediately move to um, the most prominent person we know in the faith. And I think it's important that we come away from that mindset because we create um, this popularity gospel, we create this um, opportunist and clout chasing culture where we're chasing somebody based on the gifts that God has placed on them or the favor that God has given them and I think it's really important that we don't necessarily do that and I always say this measure the fruit measure the fruit for example um if you are um if you can see okay I have a gift to I have a gift of wisdom, right? So you notice that whenever you're you're in your friendship circles, you're almost the agony aunt or the agony uncle, or you are the one that everyone comes to for advice, or you give great counsel, or people always come to you to find out and to figure out what's going on in their own souls and minds, right? If you figure out that that is a gift that you have, in order to nurture that, you don't just go to the most prominent person you know in the faith and start trying to seek discipleship and mentorship from them. You measure the fruit. 
So who in your life have you seen this gift maneuver in? Who in your life have you seen identify this gift, nurture this gift, use this gift and have been endorsed and platformed in this gift and sometimes even have just been given a level of stewardship in this gift that may not range to a, 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 a specific platform, right? When we begin to measure fruit, we begin to grow more deeply in our um, abilities and we become more sharpened in our skill. Because I think that sometimes when we run to the most prominent, that person's prominent gift or most dominant gift may be teaching and it may not necessarily be in counsel. Are there things that they can mentor and disciple and teach you in? A hundred percent, definitely. But not in the same way as someone who has the gift, can maneuver the gift and has learned the gift through their um, relationship directly with the scriptures and being sharpened by someone else right and so you are getting people's history and that their mentors history with God and their disciples history with God because they've seen people in their line and and I always think of it as lineage I always think about it as generations of people it's not necessarily by blood but it's by a, a pattern a type um, a kind right and I think that um, I'm even going to give a personal example and then I'm going to read the second scripture um, concerning this um, that directly refers to this. Um, they are my friends um, that were gifted to me by faith and by friendship. Uh, or oh, sorry, they are my brothers and sisters that I have been gifted by faith and by friendship, right? Um, they are some of my favorite people. Um, and one of my favorite things about them is yes they lead yes they do what it do baby um in every sphere of their lives in complete excellence um but there's like there's a particular group of my friends and I absolutely love them adore them and yes they may lead but the reason I'm I'm I find refreshing in their company isn't necessarily because of their position isn't necessarily because of their clout, isn't necessarily because of, I'm not even going to say isn't necessarily, it isn't because of their clout, it isn't because of their positions. I honour and respect and acknowledge their positions. I honour and accept and respect their clout, but it's not because of that that I pursue relationship with them I pursue relationship with them because I have measured the fruit of what I've seen in them I admire it I am inspired by it and I there is a greater desire and hunger that is born in me each time I see them maneuver in the spaces and places that they're called into um and one of the things that that requires you to do is to be a student and to be observant of the people around you. I heard a really powerful quote. I was watching a, a really silly podcast um, or the podcast isn't silly, but it's comedic. Um, and I was watching a podcast and they're two friends. And one of the friends said to the other because she was calling him out on something. And she said to him, I'm not judging you. I'm learning you. Very powerful. She said, I'm not judging you. I'm learning you. And I think one of the things that's really important when it comes to who's around you and what you're looking for is that you are a student and you are observant. I think sometimes we can get to know people. Oh, yeah, she's really she's funny. She's full of banter. But do you know that this person has a strong spirit of counsel and wisdom? Oh, yeah, like she's just the quiet one. She's real shy. But do you know that she's observant? And do you know that she has a strong prophetic calling on her life or or he's um, he's really like, uh, uh, what's the word? He's really like, oh, gives like all macho and stuff. But do you know that he is a protector? Do you know that he is one that intercedes? Do you know um, that he is an intercessor to the core? Um, oh, he's um, he talks a lot. Do you know that he has the gift of teaching? Do you know that he is called to make the complex simple when it comes to the things of the faith? We make all of these assumptions of based off of observations without going to the root to know more and to learn more about the people that are around us. And so we are forsaking local gifts for global ministries. We are um, demeaning um, local gifts and proximal gifts for those who have been platformed. And I think that sometimes maturity can be measured based on who's ascended to what level rather than what fruit I can measure.
And I think that we are setting ourselves up dis- in a disadvantaged manner or from a disadvantaged vantage point when we allow ourselves to shoot for the stars, literally in this celebrity uh, like kind of culture that we can sometimes allow to, to manifest in, our, in Christendom. But when we like shoot for the stars and point to the person who's on the platform and do this and I, I want to be connected to them and I want them to call me my, their son in, in God or, or in Christ or their uh, spiritual child, whatever the case is, sometimes we're shooting up there and looking so far ahead that someone who is in close enough proximity to grab you by the hand and pull you into what God has called you to become is completely ignored. Some of your closest friends are your greatest mentors. Let me point to myself too, so you don't think I'm attacking you. I ain't talking about you. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about her in the back. Because I think some, t- I, I, I think sometimes there's this level of pride that no one around me can teach me anything because we're around one another, right? But your background, your experience, you don't know what is on the inside of them. You don't know what God has placed in them. You don't know what they've been through that has pushed them into a new level of wisdom and experience that maybe you didn't encounter of them. And I think it's really important also to remember that there are several facets to people. Just because you experience this person as friend, you've never experienced them as sister. You've never experienced them as mother. You've never experienced them as um, wife. You've never experienced them as husband brother friend you've never experienced them as father you've never experienced them um at at work like you don't know them in that that capacity and even if you do you still have the overarching of they're my friend and I know them at work or they're my friend and they're my uh brother in Christ or whatever the case may be but still not the same as knowing them as your blood brother would know you do I'm saying and so I always say that like you guys can answer but yeah please answer this is a conversation um but I think it's really important that because there are multiple multiple facets to people, always remaining a student of who they are so that you can still learn. One of my, one of my favorite people, I love her. Um, we don't talk every day. We do not. I, I think we, we talk when we see um, <laughs> at Moses. Sometimes there will be a random FaceTime or a random call or a message or Instagram or whatever. We don't talk every day. But one of the things I love about her the most is everyone's testament of her is of somebody who is virtuous, who is wise, who is compassionate, who is full of love, who loves the Lord. That is everybody's testament of her. And one of the things I always tell her is when I grow up, I want to be like you, not in terms of like, like it's not even a statement to try and curb jealousy or envy. it's nothing like that at all. Genuinely, there is a level of admiration and respect and honor I have for her fruit for her and her fruit and it's not that everything has been easy but she's even shared with me honestly and openly about her journey into becoming who she is now and who she's continuing to develop to become but I just admire her journey because everyone's testament of her is the same her husband's testament of her her friend's testament her family's testament, everyone's testament of her is the same, that she is full of virtue and full of wisdom. And that is someone I want to become like, that is something I want to develop in. And that's the kind of testament I want to have. And so it's really important that I'm paying attention, even though we don't speak all the time, when we do have conversations, I'm making constant mental note. When she speaks words of encouragement into my life, or when she speaks to me and gives me words of affirmation, I store them in my soul for days ahead because it's really important um, that we look around us we look within us we look beneath us I think sometimes we can uh, we can look around we can look up we don't even look at some of your mentees some of the people you coach some of the people you lead some of the people that you've employed they have phenomenal gifts phenomenal things that you cannot see because you're not paying enough attention because the only place you're willing to be a student is in the places where you are the least in the room and I think it's really important that we do a better job of opening our eyes and broadening our horizon on what it means to be a true student and disciple and opening our eyes to see that I can learn from so much more than I'm allowing myself to learn from 
And so um, I say all of this to say it's really important who your leaders are, who the people who disciple and mentor you are. But outside of that, it's really important who you have around you. Refreshing can come from who's around you. Um, there's been times where I've called people and I'm just like, or sometimes like FaceTiming, messaging. I have a, a friend and over the last two years, I keep telling her her encouragement is like wind under my wings because I didn't, I couldn't have prayed for her. I didn't know I needed her in that way. But as we've become closer and as we speak more, her words of encouragement and asking me how I'm doing and really genuinely just wanting to get to know me and not really like putting pressure on me to be who she thinks I am and, and these perceived images that may be out there, but just really allowing me to be myself. I think those are the things that have really encouraged and affirmed and her words have always come smack bang right on time her I'm thinking of you has always come smack bang right on time and so I think it's really important that we open the door to refreshing to come to our spirit soul body and even mind and faith we allow the open door of refreshing to come by putting people almost slotting them into the right capacity in our lives that they have room to speak into us the life of God the breath of God and speak by inspiration of the spirit of God my favorite thing is when my friends call me randomly and start telling me what they believe God is saying about me um even randomly when my mentors and leaders just call and pray with me or or give me something they believe God is saying it's great to know that there are people who hear God concerning me um I have friends I pray for them all the time I have literal lists that get longer and longer each day of people that I'm praying for um and I may never tell them that I'm praying for them sometimes I'll ask what do you want me to pray for please know I'm praying for you but other times they don't even need to know they're just on my prayer list and I'm I'm every morning God please intervene in their lives bring deliverance bring healing bring provision bring this bring that and I'm praying for these different groups of people and these different individuals and as I'm praying for them I'm praying that there's a, a refreshing happening in their life even though they don't know I'm praying but who you have in your community matters because when you when the when it comes down to crunch time and when there needs to be that that refreshing god will use people as well he can do that directly with you and him in his presence but it's so powerful when god can also do that through the people that you have placed around you the people that you have put in your community and who you do life with um to be able to speak life and refreshing into you times of refreshing can come through your community and that principle when I was um, reading the scripture because um, I was studying about it and then as I was preparing for this I was reminded of this scripture but just the idea that the testament of people the measuring of their fruit and allowing them to be in your your proximity and in your space and in your community can bring refreshing what refreshing are you missing out on because of who's missing in your circle? I'll ask that again. What level of refreshing, what dimension of refreshing are you missing because of who you're not allowing in your circle or who you've not invited into your circle or who you don't have around you? Because not only is the person missing, but times of refreshing are missing as well. Oh, and also that's a, 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 this one's for free. The rest will charge you. But just an addition to that as well is not only is it the person and things like that, if you have friends currently, if you have community currently and there is no refreshing, then it's not just that a person is missing. You need to review what is in your circle, what is around you, a good mark of godly covenant relationships is that there is refreshing that comes from the spirit of God that flows in and through freely through those of you uh, connected in proximity, right? Um, I'm also going to read Romans 15, 31 to 32. This will be much quicker. Um, and then I'll jump into principle number three. Um, Romans 15, 31 to 32, right? And pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, the Jewish believers there, so that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and find rest in your company. So that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and find rest in your company. 
there is a level of not only refreshing but rest that comes from relationships and if you're not finding and I'm I'm not saying because this will be all the time in every relationship will consistently rest refreshing rest refreshing rest refreshing because sometimes you know like life you know (laughs) but there is a necessity to in your time served with these people right how much time has been refreshing how much time have I rested in this relationship the same way we live from a place of resting God there's a there's a level where our community a level of rest that our community should also bring a level of refreshing that our community should all also bring so review your time served in your relationships and in your community and look for the resting and the refreshing um because that's what makes the years worth it. Um, that's all I've got to say on that, honey, because I feel like I, I've smacked you over the head um, with that particular um, principle. Principle number one, based on um, Acts 3, 19 to 21, is to return, repent and return to God so that there may be times of refreshing in his presence. Uh, principle number two is to review um, your community because refreshing and rest can come in the company of those who are fully devoted and sold out to God and measure the fruit so that you are allowing the right people into your space. Principle number three is to take a leap of faith. Now, I heard you cuss me out in scripture as I said it. I, I heard you, I heard you roll your eyes, deep it. I heard you roll your eyes at me because I said that. And that's okay. And I did the same thing to me. So because I did it first, you get to do it too, okay? Um, take that leap of faith. I think that, okay, and I'll say it this way. Um, something's been happen- happening to me a lot recently where I will be... God will give me an instruction about something or my leaders or my disciples or my mentors, whatever the case is, will give me an instruction about something and I'll obey. Because I said, yeah, 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 this year is the year where my heart will be malleable in the hand of God. Um, This is the year where I'll say yes quicker than I've ever said it before, right? Cool, cool story, bro. Because now that I'm doing those things, when I take, when I obey and I take those leaps of faith, um, I was telling my sister, like three times last week that or in the last two weeks should I say where I've taken a leap of faith and I felt literally in my physical body but I know it's a picture of a spiritual reality um I will literally feel like you know when you skydive uh, not like I've ever been but I maybe on roller coasters is a better analogy and there's that initial wretch in your stomach like you're gonna throw up or faint And then it kind of frees into this, like, almost like I'm free falling and I can feel the wind in my hair kind of situation. That's what it feels like when we take this leap of faith, right? And when we take that leap of faith, there's such a refreshing and rest that comes after that initial wretch, right? And I think that when we take more leaps of faith and when we obey God and say yes to him and when we are responsive, there will be an initial wretch because we are oh my god like you have to call yourself your carnal self into agreement with the spirit of god and that is the initial like oh how is this gonna go oh are they gonna see me this way are they gonna um believe i'm unqualified are they gonna this are they gonna that and all of these things um there's that initial like oh and then there's this freedom and it cannot be explained in human terms. It is the most exhilarating thing that I personally have ever experienced. And I would 10 out of 10 recommend. The process into it, the sometimes anxious thoughts or nervousness, um, sometimes straight up shoot in the face fear that can come the doubt, the unbelief that sometimes can precede that moment of freedom, I 100% get because we are human beings. But I believe that when we push, push past that in faith and we take that leap of faith, that is when that freedom comes on the other side to navigate, 
to experience the grace, to find the grace and reach for the grace for that next capacity or that next thing. Um, so I would 10 out of 10 recommend take the leap of faith. They may misunderstand you. They may excommunicate you. Um, you may not understand it fully. You may have fear and doubt and, and imposter syndrome about certain things. You may even not think that you're qualified for this thing. But taking the leap of faith by the instruction of God and even by the instruction of those he set as shepherds over your soul, it's really important that you are obedient quickly to God. And when when those shepherds of your soul, when those leaders have have said something, making sure that it is in line with the timing of God for your life, make sure that it is confirmed in his word. All of those really important things that help you to be a good steward of your obedience to God. Right. Doing all of those things. And then taking the leap of faith, 10 out of 10, would recommend. And there is such, and it is, and the reason why I would recommend is because of the refreshing that comes from it. For example, from, for the last, yeah, so February made it six months. For the last six months, God has been giving me a specific instruction about something I needed to do, right? um and because of because of grief because of fear because of um unbelief and doubt because of shame um because of a crazy amount of false humility as well um I was kind of like yeah I'm not on it it's not that deep. I don't have to do it. And I was trying to trivialize something that God was hammering on about to me. Right. And this is one of the things that really kind of gets under my skin as well is when God speaks to me through the primary channels that he always speaks to me through. Um, and I don't pay attention. Um, he invades my dream life because that's something I can't control. And your, your girl likes her sleep. Okay. Um, so well, to be honest, I don't sleep much, but I do enjoy sleep when I'm sleeping, if that makes sense. But getting to it is not really the most fun part. And waking up is like, oh, let's get on with it. Let's go on with the day. Um, so it's not, I'm not really like a sleeper like that. And anyone will ask you if wind blows while I'm asleep, I'll wake up. That's how light of a sleeper I am. So it's not even like, but I just enjoy sleep while I'm sleeping, right? Um, so it's really, um, why was I saying all of that? Yeah, God in, invades my dream life. And so, and when I'm not rested because I've been dreaming and not sleeping, I'd be annoyed. I'd be really annoyed. Um, so it's kind of gotten me to this thing now where I'm like, okay, I know if I continue ignoring this is going to enter my dream. If it enters my dream, that means uh, a week of no sleep because I'm dreaming every night because I haven't obeyed this instruction and it's not out of fear um, more just to reverence what God is saying I've come to a space and place where I understand now that I have to reverence what God is saying to me because there is no way that I can say I place value on the voice of God if I I hear but I'm not responding right um, and so six months God's been giving me the same instruction finally obeyed what last week um and even then it's not consistent you know but finally obeyed last week and I remember that that initial whoop, feeling like oh my god 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 and then obeying and the freedom the free dumb and the way God has been speaking to me it's like um if you're a Marvel fan you'll know what I'm talking about it's like when Doctor Strange and those uh when he does this and then the time portal opens up literally in the the circle he's drawn or created or whatever um it's like I've stepped into a whole new world a whole new dimension and it's just freedom 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 and I feel like I stepped into a whole new space and and portal in my life um a whole new space and portal in my life um, just by obeying the, the the word of God, right? And so I would encourage you that where you can, 
and where you want to trust God again and believe him again, take the leap of faith. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Because on the other side is the refreshing that you're looking for. Because your relationship with God and your advancement in your relationship with God is based upon um, the last instruction that he gave you. Um, so stop ignoring the instruction and maybe the refreshing you're looking for will come. I love you guys and I hope that this episode has been refreshing and helpful for you. Um, the recalibrate challenge of the week for this week's episode is to take time to be refreshed in these three areas. Spend time in repentance and returning to God, even in the things that are seemingly right that you've you've realized wait no this isn't actually glorifying god repent and return to him one number two get get your community together and spend time in refreshing if you want to talk about the scriptures if you want to go and grab coffee if you want to go and have dinner if you want to just have a movie night if you want to curl up on the sofa with friends and family and loved ones Get in a place and space of refreshing with your community. And number three, obey, obey, obey. Take those leaps of faith um, and see the refreshing of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I would encourage you to actively engage with these three things that I've shared and see if there isn't a refreshing in your faith, in your spirit, in your soul. Um, that's the Recalibrate Challenge for this week's episode. I am excited to see you guys in next week's episode um have an amazing week and don't forget to share this with someone share like subscribe comment rate review wherever you're listening to and remember to always check out the show notes and the description box if you're on youtube because there's always some gems in there some really cool things that will be able to help you navigate the episode as well absolutely adore you see you in next week's episode bye mm-hmm.